Welcome to episode 48 of the Ask Achieve show, where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and business. We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today, we'll be discussing diastasis and powerlifting, proper hand care, and how to exercise as an an aspiring model. <laughs> we hope you're excited. Let's get into the show. A little stumble there on the <laughs> intro. <laughs> All right, Achievers, episode 48. So we just wrapped up with the Achieve Quest, uh, which is a what you know one of our one of our favorite days of the year, if not our most favorite actually yeah it's usually our favorite day of the year it's the it's a scavenger hunt that we set up all around somerville which is the city that we um that our gym is in and we set it up for our our members to they basically assemble into teams of five um and on this one day that is actually the actual quest day they're running around somerville trying to solve clues trying to solve mysteries do different challenges we always have a flash mob or some sort of component like that (laughs) Uh, we like to incorporate a lot of other businesses. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so they have to just kind of, like, run around all around Somerville. This year we had a lot more, like, little twists. Like, we had a couple of, like, amazing race boxes set up throughout uh, the city. We had coasters hung up all around the city um, and a bunch of other businesses that helped uh, contribute. Like, we had a beer stein at Winter Hill Brewing Company. Like, yeah, we had a lot of good events yeah. uh, lined up. Having said that, because of all the new twists, we had a little bit uh, of a couple snafus here and there. So, you know, personally, we thought we had, a, um, you know, we could have done a little bit better in terms of organization. But um, I think the members, on the other hand, did not seem to, you know, realize those kind of like mistakes that we had made. And they, they had a blast. Yeah, so, yeah, I was just talking to one of our members who's done it every single year. <laughs> She's done it since the very first yeah. one. Um, and she was like, this was one of my favorite years. And I was like... Really? To us, it felt like there were so many little things that went wrong. And she was like, well, from the perspective of the people doing it, like, you would never know. Yeah. So it's a good reminder to, like, always take a step back and realize that some of the things that you might be so worried about, other people aren't even paying attention to and don't even don't even know are yeah, happening. Yeah, like any of those big events, like whether it's, like, a wedding or, like, a big, like... I don't know, a gala or whatever it might be. <laughs> all those galas <laughs> all those that, galas that we to. planned. But... <laughs> You know, when you spend so much time on all those little details, it's like if something goes wrong or astray, then it's like, oh, my God, it's the end of the world. But then, like, the other person doesn't know, like, what went wrong. Like, they just kind of, yeah, like, they don't know what the plan was to begin with. Yeah, so, they're like, so oh, that's cool. They're like, oh, cool. That's what they intended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, it all worked out. Um, yeah, I'm going to be traveling tomorrow afternoon. I'm going to be going to New York for a quick uh, day and a half trip. Um, going to a thing called VoiceCon. It's held by uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. And... Yeah, I guess we're just trying to kind of like foray into the whole voice realm. Um, that's why we're podcasting. Um, but yeah, just kind of seeing what he has to say about the whole like state of the voice industry. So I decided to swing on by and Lauren will be holding down the fort. But this is why we're actually podcasting on Sunday night. Yeah, I was like, do they know that it's Sunday night? Yeah. Is it coming out tonight or is it coming out tomorrow? No, it's coming out tomorrow. It's coming okay. out tomorrow. Yeah. So this is all happening on Sunday night. Yeah, this is crazy. Crazy. Unprecedented. First, yeah, first time ever. In a cheap podcast history. Save that for <laughs> trivia. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get into the question. So the first one we're going to take is from, uh, from question from Instagram from KS322406. And she asks, I know you're often asking for questions for the podcast. I'm an aspiring power lifter, but with three kiddos, my stomach is wrecked. I have diastasis recti. Could this be preventing my squat strength to get heavier numbers? Right now, I am at a 235-pound squat with about a two-finger gap. 
I've been scaling back and focusing on form, sl- breathing, slash bracing, angles, etc. But just wondering if I'm spinning my wheels. Thanks. Um, you want to explain what diastasis is? Yeah, so diastasis is a basically a separation um, of your rectus abdominis, which is your like ab muscles. Um, and so basically what happens is there is connective tissue. I think it's called the linea alba. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but I think that's what it's <laughs> called. Uh, there's connective tissue that holds together like the two sides of your abs. You know, if you like, if you look, think about like a typical six pack, you see the like three on one side and three on the other. And there's usually a little bit of space in between Mm -hmm. that's separating them. Um, When you're pregnant or sometimes it it could be caused for other reasons, but usually it's due to pregnancy. um, Your ab muscles start to separate or that linea nigra like line or alba. What did I call it? <laughs> you called it a black line. No. <laughs> what? Linea, al- linea alba? Linea alba. Well, because linea nigra is actually what happens when I'm, like, I'm going to get it. It's like oh, when gotcha. you're pregnant, you get this line that goes up the middle that's, like, darker. Your skin gets a little bit darker. Gotcha. Anyway, that's something different. The linea alba is that connective tissue. It basically gets thinner. So it kind of, like, spreads apart and gets thinner. And actually, Jesse Mundell, who is um, somebody who does a lot of research on um, on pregnancy and pre- and postnatal exercise, she described it as, like, when yoga pants become see-through. Like, <laughs> so, you know, if, like, if you're a woman, you've probably, and you wear yoga pants, you've probably gone into a dressing room and, like, bent over and tried to see if you could see through them. Yeah. <laughs> and when that see-through kind of thing happens, it's kind of the fabric spreading out so thin that you can start to see through it. Mm. So it's similar, um, I thought that was a really good, good like, analogy. Um, so what happens is that happens during pregnancy. You have to create space for your baby. Um, once you give birth, it comes back in, but it doesn't always come all the way back in. For the most part, most people do have some sort of diastasis, some sort of separation. Um, the way you can actually test for it is essentially you lie on your back, you lift your head up, and you can put your fingers like basically around your belly button and push in. And if you have some separation there, you'll be able, you'll feel like there's almost nothing there. There's like a big space. Right. Um, and so she's talking about two fingers width, basically. So her abs are still separated two fingers width apart. Yep. All right. So, and there are definitely ways to work on this and it's, you definitely will want to do some focused work on it. I would say focusing on breathing and bracing and things during your squat is definitely good, but I would also try to make sure that you're focusing on some specific core exercises that are, that are meant for healing diastasis, not just core exercises. Cause there's yeah. actually core exercises that you can do that can make it worse. Um, crunches and sit-ups are one of them. So Basically, the way to test for it is to do a crunch. Um, and so doing more crunches, you're, when you do that, you feel that separation. So doing more crunches is just going to create, continue to create that separation. Right. So you actually don't want to do that. Um, you also don't want to do a lot of things like planks um, where your stomach is actually facing down toward the floor because that actually gravity is actually going to help continue that separation. Right. Um, so we want to think about doing exercises that are mostly supine, lying on your back. Um, and a really, really key important part of any exercise that you're doing while trying to reestablish that connection is breathing. And so the breathing that you want to think about is, say you're lying on your back, you can think about putting your 
hands around your rib cage or a little bit lower than your rib cage. And as you inhale, you want to think about expanding slightly through your rib cage and expanding into your belly. So you're creating, you're just kind of like expanding as you inhale. A lot of people inhale and they suck in. We want to make sure you're not doing that. So you inhale and you expand and you should feel your fingers kind of go out and up. And then as you exhale, you want your rib cage to come back in. You also want to work on your pelvic floor. So as you're exhaling, you want to think about pulling your, it's almost like pulling your hip bones in toward each other and pulling up with your pelvic floor on the exhale. All right. That's also going to bring your rib cage down into a more depressed position. So I hope that makes sense. It's hard to yeah, describe verbally, um, <laughs> but so, and that breathing, just doing that breathing alone is step one. Mm-hmm. So learning how to do that breathing and you can look up, um, diaphragmatic breathing for diastasis and you should be able to find a bunch of resources on YouTube for exactly how to, mm-hmm. how to do that. Then what you can do is once you get comfortable doing that kind of breathing, you can do what's called a supine marching drill. Basically you're going to be on your back. You're going to have your hands by your side and your legs up at 90 degrees and you're, you're going to slowly tap your heel down to the floor and then bring it back in and then switch sides. But you're going to do that with that breathing that we were just talking about. So while both feet are up in the air, you're going to do that inhale. And then as you're lowering that leg out, you're going to do that exhale. And then bring the leg back in, inhale, lower the leg back out, exhale. And you're doing that with that pelvic floor motion as well. And with that leg kind of like how far you're actually reaching out. You can start off a little bit closer. So your heel is pretty close to your butt when you tap down. And then as you get stronger and more proficient, you can start to reach that leg further and further out. Yeah. And a regression actually from that, if that feels like too much, which is very possible, Mm. um, you can start with both feet on the ground with your knees bent and slide one heel out straight and then slide it back in. Right. Doing it with that breathing as well so that you're not ever with your legs off the ground. Yeah. Um, She mentioned that she's an aspiring powerlifter. Um, I would argue that you're uh, not aspiring, but actually a powerlifter. Yeah, 235 squat. That's a tremendous squat. So uh, kudos to you on that front. Um, I would say from just like a general like strength. Wow. Wow. I think they're like bowling upstairs. Someone someone just did something crazy, some acrobatics upstairs. Um, uh, I just lost my train of thought. Oh, so from a a strength training standpoint, um, if you're doing heavy squats like that, I would actually just kind of like, you're already backing off already. Um, I would say that you want to make sure that those numbers are a little bit, um, a lot lighter actually, right? Um, In terms of the strength training aspect, but a way you can kind of like work around that and feel like you're still kind of like gaining progress on that standpoint, um, you can do just higher reps. So it could be 115, 125, 135, um, and just chase higher reps. So maybe it's like 10, 12, 15 reps where the bracing like Part of it isn't as hardcore, but the volume aspect is very strong and that when your um, you know, core is back to kind of where you know where you want it to be, um, then it kind of like it'll just translate back to when you go back towards like those lower rep strength numbers. Yeah. So basically while you're working on this, going into more of a volume t- heavy phase. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And that volume is just going to pay dividends down the line for your strength numbers. So. Yeah. Because I would also say a really good idea would be once you get the once you're doing those floor exercises, um, like the marching drills, after you get comfortable with that, going to something like a light squat, but doing it with that breathing again. Mm, so doing yeah. it with that inhale on the way down into the squat, exhale on the way up out of the squat while working your pelvic pelvic floor. Um, because that combination of breathing and pelvic floor work is going to really help. It's going to end up helping your, your back squat um, if you can actually kind of heal everything up first um, using those methods. So, yeah. 
So yeah, um, even even really lowering the weight on your squat and going into like a goblet squat with a kettlebell or something like that, just temporarily, mm-hmm. um, it should pay dividends. Yeah, but something that we found is that like it's tough when you say like either don't squat or squat with a lot lighter load. Yeah. So kind of like psychologically that can be really difficult. So instead of focusing so much on how much you're kind of like dialing back and how your uh, strength numbers are dialing back, one thing you can increase is the volume and the amount of reps that you're doing. And that kind of psychologically just makes it seem just a little bit okay that you're kind of doing this. Yeah, it's right? like you're just on a different cycle. You're just on a different phase. Yeah, just, cycle. just be like, yeah. oh, I'm on a volume phase. No big deal. Yeah. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah, and so, it'll set you up well. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully hopefully that helps. And I would definitely recommend checking out Jessie Mundell. Um, if it's... She has great resources, um, and I think she might have actually a YouTube tutorial on um, some of the exercises that I was explaining, so I would check her out as well if you're looking for more resources. Perfect. Cool. All right. Question number two. This one is from Let G. <laughs> <laughs> um, they said, hi there. I love the podcast, and I follow every episode all the way from the Netherlands. My burning question is <laughs> hand care. <laughs> I feel like my hands are just bound to rip every time I seriously work on any ring movements toes to bar, pull-ups, and muscle-ups, etc. I've tried grips. This doesn't seem, does not seem to help. I'm at a point where I feel like I can't develop these movements further because my hands are holding me back. Any tips on hand care and proper callus treatment before slash during slash after training? So um, we, I have a lot of experience with this as a former gymnast. Yep. We definitely had... I had a shirt, a t-shirt that said ripped, wrapped, and ready when I was growing <laughs> up <laughs> because we just always had ripped hands. Um, so I could totally feel you. It's a horrible feeling to have <laughs> ripped up hands. It seems like, why were we proud of that? It's such a weird thing. But anyway, um, so I definitely know a little bit about hand care. So um, number one, grips do tend to help. Um, so maybe I would maybe look into, I don't know any of the like popular brands, especially in the Netherlands, Netherlands might be different. Um, but I would look into maybe some different, uh, brands of grips and try some different ones out because they, they should actually help a little bit. Um, if you're getting a good pair. Um, but in terms of just general hand care, uh, so let me talk about like caring for your calluses and then let's go into some strategies for maybe how to prevent them yeah um so caring for calluses that are already there so you want to make sure you have a callus like calluses across the top of your hands and kind of across the middle um building up those calluses can be really brutal so doing so by just simply like hanging exercises or grip or holding dumbbell heavy dumbbells or barbells not doing anything dynamic yet but just kind of building those up by holding on to heavy weights is going to be really helpful um but then once the callus is hard you don't want to let it protrude too far out of your hand so if they're protruding really far out and then you go and swing on something that it's going to catch on the bar or going to catch on the ring and it's going to rip off so you want to try to keep the calluses hard but flat to your hand yeah it's a very fine (laughs) line of being too built up and then not being built up enough right Right. so they have to be there but they can't be sticking out so um we definitely recommend something like a pumice stone um or something where you can file down your callus this is like really really pretty stuff yeah (laughs) um but something where you can keep the callus flat to your hand so it's not sticking out it's going to start sticking out a little bit during the workout um that you can't really prevent but if you can go home and file them down that's definitely going to help yeah or, um, or kind of like 
pick them off in public like I do. That's I'm like, totally what I do. Oh I'm my like, god, it's so bad. It's such a bad habit. I like catch myself. I'm like, what am I doing right now? I'm like picking off dead skin off. It's so gross. I do the same thing. I like don't have to use a pumice stone because yeah. I just pick at it all day. It's so gross. But definitely use pumice stone. Yeah. You should use a pumice stone if you don't want to like embarrass yourself in public like we do apparently. Um, so yeah, those are now I'm picking them. Now I'm picking my calluses because I'm talking about it. Um, and then some like make sure that you're not overly moisturized um, with your hands. So your hands have to be a little bit, um, like a little bit tougher, basically. So try not to use like really heavy hand cream or anything like that that's going to overly moisturize yeah. your hands. On the flip side, don't overly chalk. I know a lot yeah. of people like to overly chalk because it helps them to keep a good grip. But again, just like the callus is a really fine line of it help helping or just like making your hands so dry that it's just going to be primed for ripping. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then as far as training, I, I, it's, she mentioned like throat to bar, she mentioned pull-ups and she mentioned a lot of like, uh, muscle ups, like toes dynamic bar, stuff. Ups, yeah. yeah. Toes to bar. Um, so it seems like she does like CrossFit style workouts where, um, like a kipping movement is involved while she's doing this sort of stuff. And, um, you know, this is one of the reasons why we really like to have people be able to do strict pull-ups before they start to do dynamic motion, um, type of drills like that. Um, and that's because it seems like she's she might be overly relying on her grip or mm-hmm. something something might be happening along those lines where it that's taking the brunt of the stress whereas we'd rather have her be able to develop the strength to do you know probably a set of five to eight to maybe even ten very strict pull-ups and that's going to help develop just a really strong base for her to then go on and do muscle up and more some of the more advanced variations that she's um trying to seek seek after yeah so and that's kind of like that's sort of what i was getting at in the beginning is that trying to do things that are static like that are going to build your your grip strength and also build your calluses at the same time without going into that dynamic movement where you're actually rubbing against the bar yeah um because if your hands aren't prepared for that there's no way you can't just keep doing that and hope that they're going to get better right they're just going to keep tearing Uh (laughs) yeah um so you have to get your hands like pretty strong and pretty firm before going into those movements yeah and so yeah just by developing that base of strength it's going to lead to a lot more just confidence during those dynamic movements Um, a lot of times when people just jump right to the dynamic movements and just try to do a lot of volume there um, they just don't have quite enough strength to do the movements as efficiently as they could be doing and so you know for these like you know higher level crossfitters or who are doing these sorts of movements um, there's a there's a lot of points where they're actually their grip is really relaxed especially during some of those like transition like phases so as they're kipping they might grip hard for a second as they pull up but then throughout the rest of the movement their grip is actually pretty relaxed the bar kind of glides in between their hands and then they're able to kind of like recatch and then come back down and absorb the force and then repeat it over again mm-hmm. um, if you're not confident in that grip strength or your back strength then you're basically hanging on for dear life the entire time and that's why a callus might be um, might get compromised Definitely. I'm thinking about, too, like the lowering down part of a muscle up. Mm. So when I lower myself down from a muscle up, I do kind of a dip portion and then I basically let go. Right. Of the rings, yeah. like I essentially, because because that's the point where if you hold on tight, it's just gonna you're just holding onto the bar as as your hands twisting around it. Yeah. It's gonna tear up your hands. So basically, you have to trust and be strong enough at the bottom that you know your shoulders. Once you get to a hang position, you can regrip tight. Your shoulders are gonna be strong enough to catch you in a good hanging position. Totally. Um, we but can, yeah. yeah. 
we can uh, relate this to um, our kettlebell training. We're a little bit more well-versed with kettlebell stuff um, than the kind of the CrossFit world. Um, so there's this thing in Strong First, which is a kettlebell um, certification um, certifying body. And one of the tests is a high repetition snatch test, which is 100 um, snatches total um, with a kettlebell. Um, and it's In under five minutes. In under five minutes, yeah. Um, and when we first went through the test, our, our hands were just really beat up and raw. Because, I mean, especially for me, I was... I was barely hanging on with the 24 kilogram kettlebell, especially towards the end. I was just like gripping as hard as I could because I didn't want the thing, the thing to fall out of my hand. Um, now I, I barely get any rips because I've built up the strength over time to withstand that. And so that when I'm going up, I will grip hard on the bell. And then during that phase, right when the bell kind of like flips over my hand, my hand's actually pretty relaxed. And then on the way down, when again, it's flipping around my hands, my hands are also relaxed at that point, And then I really grip it tightly as it kind of swings back. So there's pockets of time where my hand is like very loosely on the bell, but not death gripping. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So yeah, just by developing good strict strength in those pull-up numbers, you'll be able to um, just be a lot more confident enough so that you can kind of like figure out where you can start to under grip but grip tightly enough where you can still stay on the bar. Yeah. 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 Cool. Cool. All right. Then question number three is coming from Revan. I should always read these before I actually get here. <laughs> um, Revan Kerr Kar Su Shant. <laughs> That's, That's, pretty That's pretty good. That's pretty good. It's going to be the best I get. Um, they said, hey, I'm, I'm aspiring to be a successful model. How many times should I work out for gaining good size, not too much size? Should I focus on individual muscles or not? Yes. So, you know, I would say that if you've been listening to this podcast, we obviously recommend for the most part about three times a week of working out if that's, you know, something that you can uh, consistently sustain. And we love total body workouts. We think it's a lot more efficient. We think that your body likes to operate that way. We don't necessarily go and like each individual muscle fires, it's like your whole body works as a unit together collectively. So it makes sense to train that way. Um, however, he is, he's, he's expiring, uh, expiring. <laughs> not expiring. <laughs> he's aspiring to be a successful model. And uh, obviously being a model requires um, a very specific um, aesthetic, depending on whatever model he, he wants to be. Um, so in this case, you know, the reason why we don't, want to impose like aesthetic type based workouts on people is that people like I, I think that people think that they should kind of look a certain way yeah. so and like and, and because like Instagram and like the internet and the media they want you to look a certain way so it'll kind of like impose these certain types of workouts on people and they're like okay I guess I should want to look a certain way so I'll do these types of workouts but then we're like no no, no like where am I going with this? <laughs> you're you're trying to say like we we want to we're trying to stray away from workout this way to look this way. Yes, right because yeah. it's it's frustrating for as a consumer as a person who's just trying to be healthy like to co- constantly be being told um, you're supposed to look this way so work out this way if you want to look like this person right, and yeah. it's like well no that person looks like that person because of genetics and because of so many different factors like that, that's why they look like that why can't we just try to be the healthiest versions of ourselves and look whatever way that looks <laughs> yeah yeah I think we've just come to realize after you know working with so many different types of people like they actually don't really want to look like these people it's just they've been kind of like 
these feelings have been imposed on them over time. They're kind of like wearing down. Um, And, you know, like what we think about these people is that like they want fitness to be an enhancer to their lives, but they don't want it to be their entire life. Right. And so by chasing something that they don't actually want makes for a very unsuccessful journey. Um, However, we're going to kind of flip the script because he actually wants to chase aesthetics and he actually wants to be a model he understands that fitness is going to be a huge part of his life, right? right? And so now he's going to be more likely to dedicate the five, six, seven days a week and um, in order to dedicate to his training to look a certain way. And so in this case, because he has so much more time and it's so much more of a mindset of looking a certain way, we would actually recommend a individual body part split in this very specific situation. Right, yeah. And we we kind of t- touched on this a uh, maybe a couple episodes ago, it might have even been last episode, about like how bodybuilding type exercises kind of hit the mainstream, but then everybody kind of realized that, but we're not bodybuilders, so why are we trying to train like bodybuilders? Right, yeah. So, yeah, but in this case, like he would train, he would want to train more like a bodybuilder style split where he's actually focusing on biceps and back and shoulders and kind of like breaking it into pieces because most likely he's going to be willing to dedicate that time in the gym. But you need, in order to break up your workouts like that and still see results, you need to spend a couple hours a day in the gym yeah, close to every day. Yeah. And that's just the reality. If you, wanna, if you really want to put on a lot of size and specifically work muscles that are going to be like mirror popping. muscles, yeah, <laughs> like popping out and making them look really Yeah, you're going to really have to strong. meal prep, um, like social life is going to be a little bit different because you can't just like consume what everyone else is consuming or drinking whatever what everyone else is drinking and so there's just a lot of sacrifices that are made um but understanding that if you are an aspiring model then he's obviously understands that there's going to be a lot of sacrifices on that end so um we're 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 not hesitant to recommend a you know five six six day a week kind of program with the body part split yeah um, he did say for like workout for gaining good size, um, but not too much. So also that kind of tells me that he should work on like I would say probably generally work on like hypertrophy type uh, like rep schemes. So typically that would be somewhere from like the eight to twelve yeah. rep scheme. Maybe even sometimes going to like fifteen or doing some burnout sets, um, but not necessarily going for like the big strength like heavy, heavy squats, heavy, heavy deadlifts if he doesn't want to put on too much size. Right, yeah. Yeah, it just wouldn't be it just wouldn't be necessary to go under those heavy, super heavy loads um, yeah. in order to just look um, the certain part that he wants to look, so. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right, well, those are all of the answers that we have to your burning questions today. If you have any other questions for us, we would love to take them on. We, you can send them to Achieve Fitness Boston on Instagram, or you can also send us an email at podcast at AchieveFitnessBoston.com. We would also love it if you would leave us an iTunes review. It really helps us out, and it really lets us know that you're enjoying what you're listening to. And until next time, peace, love, and, and muscles. muscles.